when we talk about building new thriving societies, I think we cannot only look at the separation between man and nature, which is a separation that both Giles and I talk a lot about, separation between the masculine, the feminine, feminine, the inner and the outer. Um, it's also about um, a separation between children and their parents. and. We talk a lot about in the era of regeneration, it's about integration of the feminine, the masculine, the inner and the outer, um, men and nature. And it's also about integrating all of those lost parts of ourselves. And I think it, to some extent, our children has been a lost part of ourselves. If we, if we look at it more widely it's also about integrating them and be, and and letting them be part of 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 custodians of a new regenerative era and as jaya said learning to to balance with that being there for them while being being there for for the greater whole that is now emerging welcome to the spaceship earth podcast with me dan burgess uh, thanks for tuning in this is episode 32 um we find ourselves in the in the middle of um, an enormous uh, uh, crises of well, kind of beyond anything uh, we've probably ever experienced. Certainly, beyond what I've ever experienced right now, um, the coronavirus pandemic is uh, is uh, it seems to be um, hitting everywhere. It's certainly in the UK. Um, uh, we're really feeling. Uh, the the lockdown process going on and um yeah it's been quite an overwhelming week and uh i've been feeling quite anxious and um fearful and vulnerable and um sort of strangely excited sometimes and all kinds of stuff going on um anyway i am uh, i had booked this conversation this podcast with two uh, amazing people one of whom i've had on the podcast before but uh, laura storm and giles hutchins who co-authored uh, a book last year called regenerative leadership um and a big fan of all their work and thinking and practicing and uh, we've been trying to get a conversation in for a long long time and it finally we we got it in the the diary for today but this was obviously weeks ago before the um, we find ourselves in this pandemic crisis. And so I guess uh, two things I just wanted to note. One, um, the nature of this podcast is not a, uh, a review of the Regenerative Leadership book. It's much more an exploration of this moment we're in and the role of regenerative leadership in this context. That's how we've ended up um that was a conversation we ended up uh exploring and um but do buy the book because it's brilliant but that's it just felt um you know i don't know about you but for me um you know i found myself now suddenly trying to create kind of homeschool systems for for my children i'm trying to figure out where my income's going to come from uh, i'm trying to suddenly look about how to support the local community um all this stuff that we're all wrestling with landed at this time and so rather than just sort of either cancelling the podcast or or um, pushing it back. Uh, we've just decided to just, yeah, let's record the podcast and let's just be really real of where we're at right now. So that's the conversation um, we had. Uh, and just also in the spirit of this podcast, my intention is to keep going with this podcast over the coming weeks, but to be a bit more 
um, rough and ready just to get them out. So I'm not going to spend too long here, you know, analyzing what happened or front ends or, uh, you know, plugging this thing. You know the podcast. Um, share it if you think it's useful. I hope these conversations will be useful. Uh, they're useful for me, whatever happens. Um, they're helping me process stuff with, with amazing people. So um, I'm going to cut straight to it. Um, do follow... Uh, Giles and Laura's work you can dig into the show notes to link out to that do if you're interested in a new form of leadership for these times I recommend regenerative leadership I recommend their book um, but let's get straight to it uh, this is uh, episode 32 of the Spaceship Earth podcast um, with uh, Giles Hutchins and Laura Storm regenerative leadership Laura Giles welcome to the Spaceship Earth podcast thank you so much you there, Giles? Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. So um thanks for joining. We're just for everyone, we are in what are we? We're in Mar we're 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 in it's Friday the twentieth of March. Um and there's a lot going on in the world right now. Um so thanks for sorting this out. We've been we've all been kind of sort of you know, I guess the the UK where you are, Giles and I am, and Laura, you're in Denmark and you know, I think you're you're in a slightly different place uh, a bit further ahead on what's been going on and we'll, we'll dive into that but we're all I guess you know in, in, a, in a kind of new space you know I think those who've got children we've got children at home we're trying to figure out do we have work do we not have work who are we helping I mean I don't know speaking for you guys but for me it's been it's been a bit of a whirlwind uh, this week and I would just love to before we sort of get into the regenerative leadership work which feels like it's 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 quite embodied anyway but I guess it would just be really interesting to start with a bit of context of just where you are individually right now and a bit what's going on for you because I think that's kind of quite important that we're yeah we're sort of open with uh working from that place so I would love just to get the listeners as well to get a bit of context what's been going on for you right now and, ha and how are you feeling uh, at this moment so I'll put that out there maybe um, Laura, would you like to do you like give us a, a start on that? Yes, thank you. Um, so yeah, today it's Friday, March twenty, and um, we as a country has been in lockdown mode since the prime um, minister went on national TV Wednesday evening, and closed all schools um, and closed. Um, basically private companies and all non-essential um, professions. So police and nurses and doctors, um, people working in supermarkets are still working, but the rest of us are, um, are demanded to stay mostly inside. We are allowed to walk out for fresh air, but uh, cafes and restaurants and everything has been, has been closed as well. They this have is, been this is Copenhagen, for, right? Yeah. Uh, I think four days now. Um, so that did not happen immediately. Um, so yeah, we are a bit ahead of the UK in terms of, um, of in terms of the lockdown situation. So personally, I'm um, in the city of Copenhagen in an apartment with my husband and my six-year-old, who's now home from school, and our seven-month-old baby. Um, so an interesting time and it's a time where I on the micro level oscillate between 
excitement and pure love and wow this is what we've been waiting for and then moments of utter depression like where where are we heading and why is the government why are they talking about throwing away all their brilliant plans on 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 building a low carbon economy um and instead are investing in in financial bail bailouts and support of companies that does not have anything um, ingrained about sustainability and where will um where will i personally be making an income from in in the months ahead but um interestingly enough um it's the it's the kind of fear and worry that takes up very very little time i'm mainly just kind of weirdly calm um even though both um me and my and my partner have, have been very sick this week um we have both had a flu they have stopped testing um people that are not severely ill so we don't know if it's if if it's the covid-19 or what it is but we have both been really really sick um so it's been a challenging week having to deal with two small children while both being ill um but um but i'm surprised by the the, the love and the excitement of the cracks of light of a new emerging era that is also um in the ether right now so so i'm surprised but also relieved that many people like me are feeling um that this is this this could be what we've been waiting for thank you laura giles hello it's lovely to be here um yeah i think um build on that really around something about it being oscillating um so sensing those um oscillations in myself and others I'm, I'm I'm speaking with um whether it be senior people in business um or whether it be the builders um building something here on site and just talking I think it's just nice to have conversations and for people to share what's going on for them at a personal level um and how it's affecting them so that feels important and for me and my work i i feel kind of blown wide open um because everything's kind of got out the window really and it's quite liberating in some ways it reminds me of when i had a when i nearly killed myself a few years ago in a car crash because it was so kind of you know the car was a complete write off in a way i didn't worry about it it was actually a kind of a, 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 it created a shift in me <laughs> this is a bit like this because it's so pervasive yeah it's not just me and my business it's it's global um that it actually blows things wide open helping me um open my barriers um and my perceptual horizon to actually why can't i bring all sorts of people here to the woods rather than traditionally focusing on senior leaders and corporate work there's a space for allowing everyone to connect and maybe that's what's inviting of me so it's oscillating but overall um a real opportunity now to spend some quality time with my kids yeah god wow thanks guys there's so much in all of that and like sort of connecting in the with with all all of those those kind of um experiences that you're that you're all going through and uh having sort of been jumping on quite a few 
very open kind of Zoom calls this week, calls with people that I've never met before. Um, just feel exactly that, that there's a lot of fear around and a lot of uncertainty and anxiety. And I think even, you know, as humans with folks that might have been, you know, as I say, you know, we've all sort of referenced this sort of slightly odd sort of undercurrent of kind of excitement or moments of like, is this it? Or, you know, even those, I guess, who've been sort of imagining this is go this kind of thing is the thing that will that potentially will be the thing or the only thing that might bring about the change. But at the same time, what I've been really hearing is exa- exactly this. It's kind of um it's so alive, isn't it? So <laughs> it's 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 so alive that um and I guess that's that's um you know one of the things I'm really fascinated by, you know, your work with regenerative leadership um is is this is this living you know it's 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 working from that promise of you know we we're the world is alive and there's so much stuff that jumps out from your work that I w- I'd like to explore here and I guess part of it and maybe this is the way in is this is the self first is this sort of because it seems to me that what's happening a little bit at the moment is um as as you said, Giles, the sort of system, literally the economic system, at least, has been blown apart, right? And it's almost like, and obviously, there's this rush to try and fill it and solve it, and for the old models to keep sort of the thing ticking. And it feels like, you know, who knows where this is going to head? But I'm really sensing that there's a uh, this pull to sort of actually come back to ourselves and like that this moment is offering that and that's going to be a very big jump for a lot of people who a lot of us who've just ignored ever really dealing with the uncomfort that we've have been feeling even when supposedly inverted commas everything's been fine do you see what i'm saying and it's almost mm. like i don't know so i'm really curious about this self because i know laura when we've spoken in the past about you know and I, in the book you guys talk about you know you talk a lot about the breaking down to break through Mm. Um, so I was just sort of curious about exploring that a bit from the, you know, you're saying Giles, you know, you're builders and yeah, and you know, you're it's making you think about is it, it's not just business people here, it's it's all people, and so I'm just curious of starting from that sort of human perspective, and before we get into the kind of system work, if that makes sense, or or mm. that that whole relationship, does that can I does that is that somewhere we can go from? Yes, I mean in 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 the book that Giles and I have co-written. Um, the main kind of model is the regenerative leadership DNA that consists of three main components, living systems design, living systems culture, and living systems being, and we can unfold them a, a bit later. But through those three components of the DNA model are two key dynamics um, that are alive and constantly, both are constantly kind of oscillating between um, two elements. And we talk about the regenerative leadership consciousness being um, being two oscillating energies between self-awareness and systemic awareness and and now so many leaders are being forced to focus on both um, they're being forced to seeing um, themselves as as part of a greater interconnected system and not just um, an island not just as a mechanistic um, island that is not dependent on on, on other living organisms in in our world but they're also as you say focused 
were forced to look themselves deep, deeply in their eye. Who are they in times of crisis? How are they showing up? both in terms of how are they showing up with their families, but also how are they leading their organizations to, through this time of turmoil. So it's, it's really a fascinating time for leaders to step up and be who they truly are. And that does require a deep self-inventory and a deep look inside yourself. And, and as you briefly touched upon, that is not easy for, for everyone. We are not trained to have that deep level of self-connection, um, that deep kind of knowing of who you are in times of crisis. Um, both Giles and I have been through personal crises that have in many ways led us to do the life's work that we do now. Um, and I'm excited to see how leaders will come out of the other side, because this is not just a leadership crisis or an organizational crisis or a financial crisis. This is also a crisis that demands them to show up differently in their home. Um, and that makes this extra interesting. Um, Jazz, I want to make space for, for you to to provide your input as well. But but we talk a lot about the importance of, of, um, of diving deep within yourself. And this time offers perfect and beautiful space for that. Yeah, um, just to build on that, Laura, um, I think you're, you're right. I mean, it's interesting. Anytime there's a shift or a change um, and a disruption, um, it also brings with it an opportunity to see other parts of ourselves, so to see the shadows, which we often try and ignore when we get into routines of comfort. And so that's what's really going on now uh, in all sorts of levels. And it's how we then respond to those, whether we respond with fear and anxiety, which is, of course, very natural, and, and allow that to then take us over, or whether we sense this fear and anxiety, but can also sort of reach beyond it by connecting deeper with self and source. Um, so I was having some conversations um, this week with senior people who are, are now working from home um, and are getting their head around that. Um, many of them are not used to working from home. And they're also now getting their head around working from home with their children. And I think that's going to be very interesting. I think that's going to be really interesting um, how that plays out. And for some people to actually be around their children for longer periods of time. Um, now, there's part of me that wants to kind of almost just pause the work and be with the kids. And yet, mm. there's also a time, um, as I think we all of us on the call know, to, to be there for people and to help people. And that often means um, holding space and doing webinars and, uh, and Zoom calls and so forth. So it's a, it's a balance, isn't it? Back to this oscillation again. How can we allow that oscillation to be more flowing and less fearful. What do you think, Dan? But but I think if 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 I can just quickly comment on that, it's I mean you and I, Giles, have talked a lot about separate. Sorry, that's good. Keep going. Um, you and I, Giles, have talked a lot about separation being um, the root cause of 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 a lot of the problems that we see in the world today. But se separation on many levels. And I can't stop thinking about that part of the, the challenge we see today um, is also the separation between children and their parents, 
we spend so much time away from our children. Most people do on a daily basis. And when we talk about building new thriving societies, I think we cannot only look at the separation between man and nature, which is a separation that both Giles and I talk a lot about, separation between the masculine, the feminine, feminine, the inner and the outer. Um, it's also about um, a separation between children and their parents. And we talk a lot about in the era of regeneration, it's about integration of the feminine, the masculine, the inner and the outer, um, men and nature. And it's also about integrating all of those lost parts of ourselves. And I think to some extent, our children has been a lost part of ourselves. If we, if we look at it more widely it's also about integrating them and be and, and letting them be part of, of of custodians of a new regenerative era and as Jaya said learning to to balance with that being there for them while being being there for for the greater whole that is now emerging and I think it will be an incredibly important life le- life lesson for all of us to have that dance between it all, between the the breakdown um, of of a six year old who can't go out and ride a bike uh, with her friends um, while uh, addressing things on a more systemic level, that is critical. It's critical that we redefine how we want to live life on this planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, there's so there's so much in this stuff. It's like it's kind of like it's, in my head, it's like you know, if we're going to collapse, we need to sort of com- co- collapse with kind of space, compassion, kindness, the ability to hold all this kind of messiness mm. and vulnerability. Because um, it seems to me, on the, you know, just thinking about the you know, Giles talked about the, you know, talking with with folks starting to work from home. Those that are you know, those are again that are sort of privileged that we can work from home, right? Because there's a ton of people that can't exactly. work from home and there's that's a whole nother thing um that we're sort of trying to understand how do you, you know how do you how do we create these support systems for for those that aren't in that in that position but just on that thing of working from home it's i think again like absolutely this separation from our families separation from children but then also like the working from home trying to sort of plonk like work as we know it from a not of office based thing into this home you know and there's a whole kind of re-engineering that's sort of mm-hmm. I think is being called for you know what I mean and uh that's really tough for people and it's it's it's, it's guess I guess one of the things that's really live at the moment with because it feels like and this is question of regenerative leadership if it starts from within and it starts you know and it's we're not necessarily you know we're, we're saying this is how we kind of you know how do we emerge from this and there's my sense is that you know there's a, there's a huge calling for help for people to help people on this pro you know this is not if you've been exploring this stuff for a long time and playing with it you know you've kind of been building capacity a little bit for these times and it's challenging enough as it is <laughs> i'm speaking for myself i'm sure it's the same for you mm. but do you, can you you know what i mean there's a huge amount of people that are, are starting to probably go or starting to look at this descent or look at maybe this precipice and starting to feel all of this anxiety but how you know how can we help people through this because it does feel like again going back to the you know the markets and the the economy and the system the desire to jump in and throw Mm. solutions and you know keep business as usual rebooted and but actually you know some of the things that i'm really sensing is that this is potentially the moment to really 
to really go, you know, to do this work that you're talking about, to properly mm. work from what are we feeling? You know, what is that is happening inside us? And so I just, yeah, I think that's an interesting thing. Like it's almost in my head. It's like, <laughs> how would regenerative leadership approach this coronavirus <laughs> crisis mm. right now? You know what I mean? It's like, mm. um, yeah. Anyway, it's um, a lot going on I, at the same time. I think part of the the answer is that the acceptance that now is maybe not the time that leaders under pressure are uh, ready to hear messages of now you have to st- to listen deep within and be with uh, be with yourself and just enjoy this the the stillness all those kind of things can be to people under pressure that have a default kind of mindset of doing more of what they have always done those kind of messages can be very provocative um i think it's about for this next phase that we are in in the next few weeks it's about accepting um and just being with the 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 collective breakdown and breakthrough that is happening many times throughout um, throughout a day that it's um, there has been circulating uh, a meme on on social media about um, now is the time to dance and be still and enjoy time with your family and I'm all for that and I applaud that message but on the other hand we also have to be com- compassionate towards ourselves that suddenly have to manage on a micro level our own little family family our own financial worries and that is what the society is going through as a collective as well um, so what I'm trying to say is that we can hold space for people we can inspire people to provide a vision of how could our societies look like what what is what kind of chance do we have now but also avoid being kind of condescending, if you understand what I mean, in terms of when people feel um, the fire beneath them um, and they want to run away or they want to be doing more of what they've trained to do and they can't wait until markets get back to operating as normal. It's, um, it's, it's, you have to be very careful how you talk to people. Um, if that makes sense. Um, so it can be inspiring without being condescending and holding space and just allowing things to un- to unfold in a way where we are observing with a combination of providing an alternative vision, if that makes sense, allowing things to unfold in their own kind of natural way and allowing um, people of all walks of life right now to go through their own things without judgment. Yeah, I like that. Giles, where, where are you at with all of this? Well, where am I at with this? Uh, I think there's an integration going on. There's a kind of a, a, a breaking down, a boiling down, um, a, a reconstitution, if you like, a kind of cooking that's going on. Um, and so the sort of silos that we're used to um, dealing with around sustainability, and, um, culture, um, purpose, strategy, leadership and these sorts of areas are actually having to um, become more permeable and start integrating to deal with this new norm. And what I mean by the new norm isn't just the pandemic. Um, It's a whole host of things. 
um, that are all adding to that. Um, and so that will, I think, emerge over the next few months. I mean, the immediate thing will be how, how do we operate with our social distancing, but, and then how do we reintegrate um, from that? And you know, to, to, to add to what Laura was saying, you, you're right, you know, how do we just create space for that, hold space for people to just talk that through? And, and from a practical level, from my perspective, you know, I've, we've got 60 acres of ancient woodland here. How can I, um, whilst it's designed for me to be taking leaders out into nature, actually, why can't I be now taking um, um, some key, key people from um, the local society um, that just need some time, that are holding lots of threads together, that are under immense pressure because of so many things pointing towards them? Uh, and allow them to have some space um, to sleep overnight to process stuff. So, you know, that opens me wide open to um, holding space in different ways. Um, I, I'm noticing a tension inside my own self around um, how much time I want to spend on the internet, even though I can see the desire for webinars and conference calls and so forth. Um, there's something in my energy system that is actually encouraging me to almost go the other way, it, more into nature. Um, so I will hold that. I think there's, it need, we need both. Um, but I hope that as people start to reintegrate out of needing to socially distance, that actually there can be a, an opportunity to hold groups, small groups, um, in nature for deep dialogue. So we can start really processing what goes through on this which I just don't think you can do in the same way um, on a webinar or a Zoom call where, you know, there's enough space and there's enough depth of connecting to source to allow the individual and the, the small group to tr truly start opening up into what is, what is unfolding that is imaginal, that is symbolic, that is intuitive, that is messy, is unconscious, uh, not the kind of rational, these are the steps to take to-do list, but the, the deeper stuff of how we connect into the heart of what is shifting. Yeah, there's um, there's something, I think it's a phrase I saw in the book or on your site, which is um, healing our view of the world from the inside out, which is, mm. and and just just to quickly build on what, what, what you were saying there, Giles, for um, Laura, it would be great to hear where you're at with this, but um so uh, yeah these you sort of unique times i mean there's a a, a great friend of mine the very very smart ella saltmarsh and she a few days ago just put something out on twitter which was she said let's use the term physical distancing rather than social distancing at this time when we need to be physically apart we need more than ever to focus on social connection not social distance and um and it's sort of like we're in this in this this time where it's is like you say that's we we're, we're being called to connect with each other and yet you know there's extraordinary circumstances which are pushing people indoors and away and and at the same time just on jazz on what you're saying it almost feels as well that what is also sensing is that you know like in the uk right you know spring is starting like it's almost like the natural world starting to flirt it's starting to sort of do you know what i mean there's all these signals and signs and so there's it feels like there's this sort of opportunity to notice this non-human world but at the same time how do we help keep people feeling connected you know a time when we're sort of 
effectively starting to unravel, you know, and, and, and maybe encouraging that. But then we're, we're sort of faced with this challenge of of this physical distancing, let's call it. And it's, I mean, it's, it, it, you know, you could, probably couldn't make this up. This is sort of like, you know, right, my mind keeps going back to sort of Gaia's revenge, right? But it's just like, mm-hmm. we are, it's an extraordinary moment, right, of, of all these, you know, to to need to connect with others and a real sense of how many people are going to need supporting and holding, particularly those who who are, you know, way more vulnerable in terms of needing to work and finance and support. And yet, you know, this ability to be distant and and then the ability to want to lean in maybe to the, you know, maybe this is a time to where this reconnection to the to, to the natural world is also potentially being really called for but it's 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 it's, it's a it's a it's a mad set of circumstances <laughs> i'm not laughing at it but i kind of am because it's just it, it feels you know you, you know you if, you if you scripted this people would say ah, it's just nonsense yeah and it's also a privilege to have access to 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 nature right now i mean most people are living in cities and are forced to be inside their apartments um because if 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 that was not the case it would be a beautiful time to reconnect with nature but we just have to be aware that most people do not have that privilege yeah and i guess i was just i guess from where my head's at is is but is there a moment to try and open up the 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 natural world is kind of there i just that's the challenge isn't it how do you how do you make how can we help people with this time that they've got I don't know. That's just that's a question that's in my head, and I totally hear it. If you've got it on your doorstep, it's different. Most haven't, but you know we're hearing how you know air pollution's dropping in cities. More, you know, we're yeah, hearing stories. In Venice right, right, exactly. So, and again with all, I, I don't know. So it's just curious, isn't it? In in the work, you know, in the regenerative leadership work, exactly. It's like how you know how might we shift into these these modes of noticing and of connecting, but with the constraints that we're under, it's um. It's it's a, it's a real time, isn't it, to try and bring that? Yeah, forth. I mean, listening to you, you, you both sharing um, what's going on. It's, there's tensions here, and it's these tensions back to the kind of concept of dancing that Laura mentioned, or playing music. You know, how can we allow those tensions to allow something other, something new, something different to emerge? You know, with our creative capacity um so yeah i mean it's not that it's either going into nature or doing a webinar you know they're not that that you know it's both and something else perhaps there might be other ways that we can innovate through to this but certainly how can we create that sense of deep connection with ourselves with our families with with others and so coming out of a period of time which will which will happen where we are able to reconnect, but we don't just go back to business as usual, that we've used this time in a way to come out and reintegrate in a different way. That would be something I'd love to help stimulate. Yeah, and it's interesting because it's the the way this is more or less, this crisis has been designed by whoever designed this crisis is that we are we are forced to be home with our children um leaders are forced to let go of control and and what i have seen happening here in denmark is that slowly but surely leaders are loosening their grip um in 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 terms of um wanting to control how they 
how they dictate their employees from afar and are kind of slowly but surely surrendering into um, hopefully a more regenerative approach to um, to running an organization and trusting your employees. Um, so that's something that I find really interesting because that's what needs to happen on a on a on a global level, on a macro level, like right now, that we redesign our organizations to be wiser, to be more resilient, to have more trust towards our employees. And it's interesting how this crisis is forcing leaders to do just that, to let go a bit of control, provide more. Um, more overall visionary guidelines and then trust your employees that they will do what they're capable of in this um, critical situation to do their best to to help their organization survive and thrive to, through this crisis. So this surrendering and letting go of control that is happening right now is something that I find really fascinating to observe. Yeah, and balancing that then with a sensing and responding which comes exactly. I think, by connecting deeper with that sense of self and sense of system um, and that is a core part of regenerative leadership that sort of pivot from control and predict into sense and respond and it's been interesting game actually meeting last week um, this week most of my meetings in London were cancelled and you know quite understandably but the week before when I was actually in London I met with some some really senior people of large organizations, including some CEOs, and it was quite interesting because the pandemic was unfolding to sense those that were, you felt sensing and responding, aware of the tensions in themselves and in their system, and yet having the capacity to sense and respond rather than react or go into control or fear. And those that you could tell were, allowing the fear to to creep in and that's i suppose that's that's a key part of the shift into regenerative leadership it's a shift from a mechanistic perspective of locking down of honing in um, to being more open allowing something to flow through us and being in, in, and having the ability then to use that wisdom that intuition to sense and respond in an individual, but also then in a system way, to actually be able to listen to the organization. And I'm heartened by what you say, Laura, that leaders are loosening how to control remote workers and so forth. What might happen is we might be able to start sensing the collective intelligence of the organization. Exactly. Another, another step. But if we can get that, then some of these leaders will have a visceral actual experience of sensing their organization as this living system of, of different relationships exactly and because things are changing literally minute for minute that is exactly the skill set they need right now the, the the key point right now is that you cannot control the situation it's uncontrollable controllable and the best thing you can do right now is to listen and sense in and then respond and do that as you say based on collective intelligence no man or woman right now is as wise that they can figure things out on them on their own they need to tap into the collective intelligence they're surrounded by so th this is there couldn't be a better uh, kind of education program hands-on <laughs> than what is happening right now and I, I was I was reading an interesting thread on on LinkedIn the other day 
um, an employee of an organization um, of a big marketing consultancy um, had, uh, had posted on LinkedIn that he was very um, frustrated about how some leaders were tapping into this or not tapping into this, but using this or opportunity as, as, as sending out fearful emails all the time about now is the time that we beat competition. We have to work more now than, than we did before because now is where we can kind of um, come in in the we middle of win. the night. We can win. <laughs> as the thief kind of thing, right? Um, whereas others were, were then sharing how their uh, bosses were responding to this with a much more kind of heartfelt, compassionate approach that now is really the time that you first and foremost take good care of your family, that you make sure that you are healthy because we are in this uh, for the longer run. So how you are thriving right now is dictating how we will thrive as a company once this situation um, has um, has has gotten better than it is right now, and it's interesting how different personalities are reacting to this. Some is like so fearful and so kind of have this scarcity mindset that oh, now is the time that we can take over the world if we work day and night, and others are like now is the time that we rebuild a resilient organization, and it starts with how you feel and how resilient you are in yourself and your families. I love the. Um hearing yeah that you know because you're out you know in denmark where you are you know you're sort of from the uk you've got this probably ten, like you say 10 days or so of yeah and and just this sense that there's a slowing and maybe there's this new kind of intelligence that's starting you know just sensing this kind of new sense of trust potentially that's emerging um and also if i can just quickly yeah. say something else that uh, something that has started to f to to kind of take place or be part of the discourse here in Denmark is that, hey, maybe we do not need to be in an office eight, nine, 10 hours a day. Maybe we are actually quite efficient if we focus two or three dedicated hours a day and then spend the rest of our time living more wholesome lives. That is really inter interesting. Imagine if that is one of many things on the positive side that comes out of this, that that we redesign our approach to being efficient at work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because so this is this is the stuff that's fascinating me. So it's like this, you know, you're sensing now that this 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 time as the time goes on, there's a sort of a letting go. There has to be. <laughs> In other words, you'll yeah. just fry yourself into <laughs> sort of a control freaks and. Um, so there's this sort of letting go, and um, what struck me, and I think is is um, a sort of feels like a, a big part of what's going on, and w w you know, will it be a bigger takeout? Is the the pace that you know the system that we've we've all become a part of? This is sort of industrialized, globalized, always on, just in time system. Mm. How fast it operates, and basically how easy it is to break. Like yeah. it's almost like it can't function unless it's in fifth gear, right? And so. Because of all the, you know, what the coronavirus has done is accelerated the just, you know, the, the literally stopping of 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 everything. The whole thing's gone, and it's just like, you know, someone said on this call earlier. He was just amazed at how quickly an economy can break. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just again when we think of like, what else does nothing? What, how can we have designed something that we now think that's that's acceptable for human mm -hmm. civilization to be part of this thing that literally? it can't operate unless it's destroying 
uh, destroy, you know, unless it's de- unless it's sort of fifth gear destruction, materials, mm-hmm. energy, flows of people, human, en- you know what I mean? Unless that's cranking, it can't operate. You know, it's showing us that it can't. And I don't know. That's that's so interesting. And like you mm-hmm. say, this whole sense now that, um, and again, I'm sort of caveating. There's a ton of people out there who who aren't able to be at home, and that's a conversation I'd like to have a, b- a bit of thought on that maybe later on in our chat, just about how can we use this moment to to better integrate with communities and parts of our societies that that aren't able you know because of this you know what does we how do we regenerate the whole thing you know and, and involve everyone um because i'm very conscious of that but but if we go to this 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 level of you know a lot of people that are being forced to sort of you know be in buildings be accountable be seen uh, and now we're in this sort of sense of like you say this this emergence of more of a sort of a different type of intelligence, a collective intelligence, how people are reevaluating, you know, um, I've, you know, I've been sort of doing remote working for years. So it's not but a thing, but I've, what I've noticed a lot of friends for them, you know, it's been quite a thing and uh, they're quite a wake up to go, why am I going to all these meetings? Why do I jump exactly. on planes all the time? Why am I always here? And so that's super fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just, just, just for a hand back over to you, Giles, but just, you know, again, from your, I think there's a frame I love in your work, which is like we cannot build thriving societies if we would withdraw our well-being from the equation. And mm. something that blew my head this week, because I'm doing some work on new types of stories, new types of economies, was this idea that, like, the word wealth um, comes in Anglo-Saxon from the Anglo-Saxon word weller, which means well-being, which means um, contented and healthy. Um and so it's just interesting, again, you know, as we're in this sort of monetary paradigm where a lot of the terror seems to be about, you know, economies and money and incomes and, and all those things that we need because we're part of this thing. But it's just interesting when we think, what has wealth become? You know what I mean? And um, and actually maybe at this time, these ideas of, of, of you know, well-being at the heart, um, that just feels like a really interesting, uh, you know, part of this story um, that's now sort of coming very much alive for people. This is a a massive transformative shift that's happening. We're shifting from one um, sort of steady state, if you like, and and complexity theory shows us that the system starts to to speed up back to your sort of fifth gear um, and starts to flicker, to break down, break through, starts happening. Um, as we start moving into another state and there's a back loop that is created, it's sort of any like any vortex, you can see it in rivers, um, the undercurrents, and they're easy to get sucked back um, with the fear back into the steady state. So there's a kind of gravity to the steady state that keeps it and that's what we're seeing. And yet the, these, this flickering is, is, is happening. Um, it's not just the virus, as I say, it's a whole myriad set of reasons that are contributing to this shift and i i, I agree i think well-being is is really at the heart of this and, and, and the word well-being as you say you can go right into that right to not being just about you know what some of the health and well-being um, can be positioned as you know healthy eating healthy um fitness and so forth which is actually really important and a great way into it but also you know actually understanding more about our mind and our body as a kind of vessel and how that how we can align it how we can align it with what we call in the book the logic of life how we can allow 
this deeper sense of how we connect with regenerative uh, way of being in our organizations, in our social systems, and allow that to kind of flow through us. We can naturally enliven ourselves. This is the beautiful thing about being a human being, about being a living being, is that we can naturally enliven ourselves and we can naturally, naturally regenerate and um, uh, become life-affirming if we allow ourselves to. And the current system has actually been distracting us from that at all levels, starting with the self, but also on the macro system level. And so actually this is a real opportunity now to get back to that well-being, to getting back to what just really aligns me, what allows me to um, be more congruent with who I am, to feel more alive in all senses of the word. These opportunities of change, whether it be working from home and suddenly being thrown um, with our kids for 24-7 for weeks on end, are actually, as well as challenges to see our shadows, there are also opportunities for us to connect with what truly makes us wealthy in all senses of the word. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> and I'm, I just, I mean, Giles, just to say, because I, as I say, I'm in the same, you know, it, it, you know, obviously, you know, we're, there's systemic, um, this is systemic, uh, collapse breakthrough breakdown whatever you want to call it right? and we know that but I, it's just this extraordinary moment that this virus has sort of brought all of this stuff accelerated almost i mean I, it's funny it's my you know i i've got a couple of teenagers and quite young teenagers who've been sort of you know in the last you know year and a half you know been out striking on you know on the climate strikes and every every you know every month or so and um and now you know, and sort of we've been sort of, you know, uh, seeing this, you know, the climate ecological breakdowns, you know, front and centre starting to travel up, you know, all this stuff. And then and then bang, this, you know, it's coronavirus and it's, it's just accelerated everything. As I say, it's, you know, as you know, you know, you're rightly saying this thing's been coming for a long time, but it's just it's it's um it's such a moment i was just with them. They're just they just back at home now. But again, even, you know, this younger generations as well, like. There's a been a lot of there's a lot of pretty pretty um pretty challenging stuff going on in yeah. their lives. Um, I'm sort of you know, again this sort of really interested in in um because to me at least your work when I read about the you know and and see the work you guys are doing it's so it's very it's whole right it's, it is it's all about holism you know it's not it is you know you know reconnecting understanding our interdependence with all life and and so i'm really fascinated with this what might emerge as we all are i think but this separation piece feels so key you know like here's my here's here's the work me and i go off you know and here's the the business that i work for or the job that i do which is part of the economy which is sort of over there or whatever but it's we're all again it's almost like you know it feels that if we shift to just accelerate to patch things up or to reboot you know versus what i think we're saying you know which is this to reimagine and to regenerate um which would is going to need to sort of happen at every level right sort of mm. um, yeah exactly and yeah. that's why, why it's in, it's it's in a way it's incredibly beautiful that this is 
it's not a food crisis we're dealing with right now. It could end up being that, of course. But right now, it's 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 a pandemic, which means we need to stay inside with our families. And to build on what Giles said, that it is incredibly beautiful that we are in a way uh, called upon to be really whole um, with our families, and that this that 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 our family in a way or ourselves if, if we are single right now we are called to be healthy within ourselves um, and so while global co2 consumption and emissions right now are um, massively decreasing um, and we have we have bluer skies and and the canals of venice have cleared and we see dolphins and we see kind of nature is slowly taking over things again as this incredibly credible intelligent uh, force of energy meanwhile we are forced to be with ourselves with our families and build resilience from the inside out it's incredibly beautiful and as you dis- as you said we could not have thought of this um, if we were allowed to design a, a systemic crisis and of course there are incredibly many things on on the list of downsides of this it's not um, I don't want to sound like someone who is just like we couldn't be better um, but 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 I think I I am and, and jazz is as, as, as well we are we we have decided to be optimists and 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 right now we just have a, a beautiful opportunity to to re- rebuild our societies from the inside out as we write about in our book and to do that in a way that is resilient and regenerative. But having said that, um, just to, to, to come with a concrete thing of what's happening in my country, they are currently um, bailing companies out massively. They are um, paying the private sector salaries for the next three months. Um, they are supporting them heavily because we we have the financial capabilities of doing that, but it does mean that the strategy that was, or the, the policy that was in place um, after the, the, the current government took over power in May last year, um, we had a, a, an election called, the had been doubted or named the, the climate election because the, the public of, or the, the people of Denmark really demanded um, urgent action on climate change. Um, so we have quite a radical strategy in place to reduce you to consumption by um, with 70% in, um, in 2030. And, and right now the investment that that, that that required is currently going to bailing out companies and supporting them for to kind of soften the, um, the financial crash um, that the pandemic, pandemic will come with as well. And that causes great concern in me. And I'm trying to do my best to kind of inspire other ways of, of doing those support system for, for the private sector. Could it be that we could um, come up with a support system that is supporting already sustainable companies, those that are not? We are supporting you if it comes in combination with a dedicated um, focus on tra- transitioning to a low carbon way of, of, of operating. We will support you, but but we will only pay your bills if it, if it's it's done in a sustainable way. So that we do th- two things in one stroke. We um, we also help this sustainable transition in 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 our country. 
Um, but it's but it's like our current leaders are not really getting systems thinking. They don't understand that things are interconnected. And if we don't build resilient organizations and societies now, we will be in a similar situation. Who knows when? Uh, but it could be already in the autumn if, if, if the pandemic strikes again. It could be when the climate are, uh, climate systems are starting to break down. It could be one food crisis after another. And if we think that, that we have seen some bad behavior in people during this crisis, I don't know how it's been in the, in the UK, but here the supermarkets were just stripped um, an hour after the prime minister had given her speech last Wednesday. Um, imagine if this was a real food crisis, you would see some pretty, pretty ugly behavior in people because it's like it's pure survival, right? Um, yeah. So, yeah, think, yeah, that's, that's just some, some thoughts from, uh, from, from my country. The, um, just quickly, Giles, just before, but the, this, I mean, my sense again, I mean, looking at all, all of this stuff, right? So when we look at this bigger picture, regenerative opportunity or moment, and uh, I'm really fascinated in, um, uh, in the work I've been doing around um, quite, you know, really interested in like the Bacana two loops model and, you know, how, w you know, um, again, looking at kind of living principles and seeing institutions or beliefs even, right, um, the beliefs that we hold in our structures um, to be true, um, but how we have to shift um, and, you know, move into a dying phase, right, in order for these new... Mm things to be born to come through and so you know we have a very live example in the UK around you know it was uh, around the airlines and, and and I'm sure it's everywhere but you know airlines crashing all over the place because <clears throat> they're so highly geared anyway and on debt as far as I can understand that um you know this is just this is just you know game over and so uh, the immediate call to governments to bail out airlines at the same time we're all starting to go do we need to be going on as many flights but you know you can clearly see that people are starting to ask these questions like and obviously you know that's that's on top of the carbon emission of that industry but also the behaviors people are questioning i think the flying you know they're just jumping on flights at any time so you've got this kind of like so the gut thing is the industry to go to the government and expect a bailout but actually what about the questions that we might be starting to ask as societies Mm. about the validity of these industries uh do we need them now what kind of formats do we need them? do we need you know do we need them at the scale they're at probably no right <laughs> on so many levels mm. so how do we move to like hospicing some of these sectors and dealing with them in with with um you know with uh with empathy and uh grace you know and also the in the bacana tulips model we talked about you know the fertilizing potential of bringing that industry you know helping that industry down to sort of finish its days <laughs> and then to emerge into like whatever the new transport systems and sectors look like but these feel like the kind of conversations that you'd want to be seeing happening right now right where we're we're not just rushing again into the space to fill the to fill this kind of uncomfortable hole that's opening up um with let's just bail it and reboot versus you know what we're talking about here about the regeneration well that's going to involve some some you know some graceful closure right? <laughs> and trans transformation right um yeah, anyway letting so things yeah. die yeah right and 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 that we're comfortable with that and we can celebrate what how amazing the you know two three decades of just jumping on planes was you know but actually 
there's probably more appropriate airline behaviour now. You know what I mean? Mm. Again, like who and who actually flies most of the time anyway? It's a tiny percentage of the human population. Do you know what I mean? That actually take most. Mm. So again, I, I just using that as an example. Giles, where where are you at? Sorry, I'm rambling a bit, but it's just super That's interesting. All right. It's a good ramble, Dan. Don't worry. It's always a, it's always a pleasure hearing you um, hearing you ramble. Um, yeah, this dying phase. I, li- I like it. I think I, I feel the dying phase. It has it, you know is going on, and you know the global financial crisis now twelve years ago was a key part of that, and how we was well not responded actually just reacted to it um, by filling the hole. And behaviors coming back quite quickly after that. Um, and then we, you know, we've had other issues, polarization in, in, in politics, um, issues like Brexit we had in the UK, Trump and other places, transparency issues, um, debt in Europe, uh, Greece, um, Spain, Italy, climate emergency, all of these things um, are contributing to challenging the current sort of status quo, if you like, the leadership at national and um, international and uh, at, to a, some degree also the corporation um, leadership style. Um, the, the current system isn't adapting quickly, quicker in, um, or quicker enough um, to deal with this dying phase. And in a way, um, whilst that doesn't help necessarily give as much comfort in the here and now, actually it won't adapt quickly in a dying phase. It needs to go through a threshold crossing. It needs to go through some form of metamorphosis, some form of winter. That's what we learn from nature and we learn in our own cycles of change and what ancient wisdom traditions around the world show us. And so it's, it's, it, it, it's, not, it's not unusual that it, it would take time to reform because the dying needs to still happen. And I agree with you, there's a hospicing that has to happen at a certain systemic level. And there's also a hospicing that we have to, to bring it back to the individual again, that we need to recognize in ourselves. And hence why, um, you know, I feel this is blowing me wide open and maybe there's an opportunity, not in some kind of um, opportunistic way, but there's a, 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 a need really for me to be in service of helping create some of that hospicing is the wrong word perhaps, but holding space during what is a challenging time, not just to get through this pandemic, no, to for us to dig deeper, to tap into trust, connection, well-being in the true sense of the word, um, and, and those deeper issues, which have to be explored in the dark of winter for us to have a decent spring. Love that. I mean, not the death, but, you know, actually I do, I think that's maybe that is, I mean, you know, we need to probably love love the death as well right because um my sense i think that's part of the i mean if 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 i was only allowed to say one thing that is challenging in our society i think many of the problems we have can be traced back to our fear of death on on many levels um and and maybe that's what we are forced to face on, on a collective level right now um, and all what death entails, and 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 as Jaya said, winter is a, is is dead itself, and that's also what we address in our book. That being comfortable with all seasons of life, and being comfortable with 
maybe each day representing all four, four seasons and how you embrace those will um, dictate how you are able to to lead societies, organizations, or or your family. That you that you have stared all seasons deeply in their eye and you are comfortable with them, um, because amazing things can come after the death of winter, and that it's it's not just dead and then that's it, but it's always deeply. Um, also brewing on on the new batch of, of life that will come in the springtime. And we are living through through times that are having all four seasons in one right now, but we are forced to to kind of be friends with um, with the phase of autumn and, and winter as a collective. We have we have avoided that for such a long time now that it's time we we step into that. Yeah, lovely. Um, there's something that, um, uh, yeah, that this you know what what comes through this. Um, it feels to me, at least in my in my head, that's that a lot of this old story that we've been living by is you know as we know has been very you know it's the sort of the command and control kind of system, the sort of almost obedient system. You know, you go to your schools you learn this curriculum you go and do this thing you go and get this job you know it's quite controlling Mm -hmm. um quite obedient and um uh, there's not much room for um yeah to sort of uh exist on you know you can exist on the edges of this thing but ultimately and 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 i think you know maybe that's also the challenge one of the challenges now people are looking for answers from these institutions and 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 things and um you know i mean i i'm i i have i think i can't imagine being a prime minister right now right what that must feel like um and i'm not offering any i'm not looking to sort of dissect people's political powers or or ways of being but just you know it must be extraordinary um pressures as it is to be someone on you know, working on the hospital front line or trying mm. to clean, you know, supermarkets right now, whatever it might be. And so I think, you know, everyone is feeling it, but it's almost like, and I guess that's what I'm interested in, like, if this, what emerges from all of this, it feels like unless it's co-create, unless it's people living, you know, building the intelligence through their own participation, you know, <laughs> through, mm, through mm. The, I, you know what I mean? I just, uh, it's like, I think there's a sense that suddenly the answer's going to get dropped again down, you know what I mean? Dropped down from the, the top. And now this is the new economy and this is the new, but it just feels like we're in, you know, this, this, the ability to sort of step into this is, is, is going to be massive. And so I guess um, I'm really curious about regenerative leadership from at this moment for those that, you know, are right on the front end. Like, how we, how do we bring some of this thinking and practices and ideas? How might we bring some of that into our our own communities? You know, where we live and um, you know the places we are. And you know, for an example, like where I am, you know, that we've set up a bunch of WhatsApp groups for sort of elderly neighbours. But now we're starting to think, you know, we're probably two, three weeks behind London. Maybe who knows where we are out in the West Country, but. 
you know, we're starting to think, well, what happens if the hospital's suddenly under pressure and people that it, are working need support? Do you know what I mean? And there's all these kind of questions that feel like that, you know, a lot of a lot of the future is going to be, you know, locally, right, what's in front of us as well as, you know, networked. But so I'm interested in how, how we might bring some of this kind of regenerative leadership thinking into these kind of crises that we're all going to be experiencing right in front of us does that does that make sense it's sort of um yeah, yeah. So i don't know if you have any thoughts on that Laura? i was i wanted to let you start but i can okay. i can go okay. first if you prefer no, i don't mind no no um yeah i think this is actually a really good opportunity to um connect locally for all sorts of reasons um we've become completely um sort of fractured in many regards. Um, so actually everybody, back to the point of people working from home or, or not, or being in their local communities more, um, rather than commuting all the time, um, that in itself is going to create uh, a change. And with that change comes tension of, oh, can't cope with it, or puts pressure on systems. But also, as we work through that, then comes into a place of, of, of something richer. Um, for me personally, I, I'm, I'm sensing into it myself um, and it will be something that I just learn to adapt to over the um, next few weeks and sense out. But I, I've already started to reach out to people more locally in my space um, uh, that I think it would be good for me to um, provide some time with. Um, so some people who I know are under immense pressure doing work locally um there may be thing maybe some way i i you know even if just having conversations with them is helpful um i think quite trying to just um for me anyway and and this is different for other people i mean like whatsapp group it, you know hugely useful it's not me though um I, I, i'm 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 not even on whatsapp um so i, I know i'm a bit last century but that for me i, I suppose it, we all add different things to the picture yeah and mine probably won't be to add any more to the social media and digital space. It will be more how I can perhaps provide my time and space to have uh, conversations just to, to allow people to air what's going on and to perhaps process that. And maybe to have, um, if social distancing allows or physical distancing allows to come into nature back to your physical distancing piece you know there can be ways that people can sit in nature and be totally safe from a contagious perspective so those are the sorts of things i'm going to explore Absolutely. working more locally and then i can imagine some of that will connect to some of the more global work i do and i don't mean globalism or planet but sort of you know more more the um, um, um wider system london um wider part of of europe so I would be interested to see how those weaves start happening. I think that's part of what can emerge out of this stronger locality, local within global. Love it. Um, in terms of your question as to how regenerative leadership can, can kind of um, help us through this crisis, I'm called to to offer some some perspective locally as well, um, because in many ways, um, each country, each community, each family could serve as um, as 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 part of an of a new blueprint we're co-creating. 
And, and I feel very called to inspire organizations to apply the regenerative leadership DNA during these challenging times, because uh, the regenerative leadership DNA is both focusing on design of products and services, and how can we do that in a way that is inspired by nature, using biomimicry, circular economy, et cetera. Um, how can we focus on regenerative materials? Um, it's also focusing on how do we build resilient cultures? How is our organizational design actually geared to the world of today, which has, has never been more uh, important to address? Mm. So how do we build responsive, resilient organizations based on tapping into collective intelligence? How do we create cultures where it feels t safe to be whole? where it feels safe to be yourself, where, um, where we don't have back-to-back -back meetings um, from, from nine to five, but we create those spaces of stillness and silence and reflections and where we allow our deeper, wiser beings to emerge and have a say. So it's not just our heads running the show all the time. Um, the time has never been more ripe to introduce the concept of the logic of life in relation to organizational redesign um, and how can organizations and companies get through the, this crisis and rebuild based on the logic of life? How do we ensure a developmental and respectful organization? How do we ensure we have diversity front and center? How do we ensure that we um, allow self-organizing teams? That is what is happening on a collective level right, right now, self-organizing um, on, on, a, on a, an impressive level, uh, coming up with new organi organizations, new ideas. People are kind of being pulled towards each other um, using webinars and whatnot to discuss these issues, regardless of whether you are based in Shanghai or San Francisco or wherever you are, we can learn from each other. And it's the time has never been more ripe to read the patterns that is emerging um, and sharing our ideas and sharing that collective in, in intelligence. So, so that, that is my response, that, 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 that I feel that the work that, that Gaz and I co-created last spring um, is now ready to really, really go, um, go, go wide and far in terms of inspiring people, regardless of where they are, in, in terms of how can they redesign with, with the logic of life in mind and with the regenerative leadership DNA integrated into everything that they are doing. Love it. Love it. <laughs> Yeah, I like just a quick one. Just, I, I just, I, I like the idea of spaces of stillness and spaces of heart connection. Um, so, how do uh, it's something for me to inquire into? How does one create those spaces of stillness and spaces of heart connection in the midst of this pandemic? That's something for me to take away and explore how I can do that in the most effective way. And um, what about you, Dan? Come, on, I know it's, a, I know it's a conversation me and law are contributing but you know um you're, you're out there at the front line um what's going on for you oh that's a question <laughs> um it's you know it, i mean i can you know as you know i've i connect with very much as you know with uh 
with all of this and and, and you know a try and trying and have been you know for for many years to to live as much as i can a, a, a with a kind of regenerative spirit if you like but you know obviously failing massively many times because of the you know the pull of 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 the constant pull of um of our sort of constructed worlds and 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 all the pressures and tensions that we we have as as sort of messy vulnerable humans uh, from family to paying bills to being creative and and uh wanting to do you know wanting to play you know and um I, I, it's funny, you know. I'm. I sort of finished this week. I've had a very full week this week. I'm funny. I had a. I had a whole. I have done quite a lot of calls this week, and like I say, sort of unexpected calls, and um, and then my children, you know, just started. You know, the last two days they've finished school. They're home, and we've given them a couple of days of sort of almost. You know, let's just go unplugged for a couple of days, and then we're going to sort of co-create a kind of a, a a curriculum, a way of a way of of you know having some some structure around learning from from Monday so that's what we're doing this weekend and uh and I've been sort of mindful to get some stuff out you know done and and finished but I'm I you know it's interesting Paul I've sensed myself wanting to almost disconnect from all of this you know and actually just try and be in this in this in this moment and um uh but you know obviously again very mindful of of these different energies and and obviously the space that's opening up around you know a lot of the a lot of the work we've all been doing and and, and those before us for, for, for many, many years. And, you know, it's so it's this kind of weird sort of dance between mm, what, you know, what, which which energy am I trusting now? And what, you know, what should I just, you know, what should I just shut down? And, you know, listening to you, Laura, talking about the sort of 10 days in into lockdown and the sense of letting go that maybe you're starting mm. to sense from people. And so, yeah, I'm I, I'm really um I, I, I'm very, um, yeah, just very, uh, I guess I feel very aware of all of this and very definitely got, a, you know, some fear, um, not about, um, I think it just, you know, just again, you know, seeing sort of parents and, you know, my parents all live apart in different countries and, um, you know, sort of thinking about, you know, the elders around us and the youngsters and, you know, and I am, I am, I am fearful for, for, um, you know, for the journey that I feel is being called for. I, I, I'm, I guess I'm, maybe it's fear. I just, I, I, I sort of real feel that so many people are going to need a hell of a lot of holding, and, um, yeah. and that's the bit that I'm slightly, um, that's the thing that's making me quite fearful because I sort of, you know, even though I have a fear, I feel that I've done a lot of a lot of work on myself over the years and I've, I've broken down enough times and sort of come, come through to sort of, you know, I've let go a lot of, of, of so much of, of, of what I thought the world was. Um, and I, and I guess on the same thing, I'm excited by what it could be, <laughs> you know, what I know it to be. Uh, mm. so, um, uh, you know, when, when we are able to slow down and connect with each other and I guess that's a thing. So there's a bit of me like, you know, what would good governance look like at this time? And it feels like, you know, I'm interested in, I've been doing quite a bit of work around new stories for a, a new type of economy. I've been working with a couple of um, networks for economic transition and we've been exploring kind of stories and narratives that that might help people see that there is another way beyond, um, you know, industrial growth models, uh, you know, 
monetary paradigms, uh, success measured by productivity, economies separate from nature, all these kind of like big beliefs, you know, and uh, and we've been sort of explore, exploring that. And then you think, well, what would gov- good governance look like now? And it's almost like, you know, it feels like we kind of, if 2008 was about bailing out the banks, we need to be quantitatively easing the commons and the households, you know, the the people and not not and you know the markets have had everything you know and it feels like i think we need to be able to create some sense of knowing that people can feed themselves and that they've got a roof over their head in order to be able to um you know put their seatbelt on and deal with the ride that's coming and mm. i th- and i'm worried that without that uh, it's going to be I, well, it just it takes me to some pretty bad places. So that's sort of where I'm at. Like, and I don't know. Again, you know, I'm sort of naive when it, in some ways, when it comes to these. But other ways, I'm thinking, sure, you know, that feels like, you know, we could shore everyone up for three months. You know, the most vulnerable, particularly, um, uh, you know, and just, uh, and then help support those that are going to need the support from a health perspective, and whatever. But you know if if the numbers are right i just look at the you know the elderly thing if 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 you know if it is going to be over 70s for example are going to have to lock down for 3 months and i think in the uk there's eight is it 8 or 10 million i'm not sure but how's that going to work do you know what i mean i mean how just just serving that community you know what i mean um you know or schools you know how how are we going to suddenly help you know all these children at different age groups deal you know to deal with this stuff but also feel like they can have some sense of infrastructure around them to learn you know i've been hearing like you know i feel lucky so many kids that don't have you know might be one parent the parent might be out of work like being at home is going to be a nightmare you know um so i say i guess that's where i'm at i'm like if 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 we you know how do we make sure that these next few months are we can hold people, you know, the most vulnerable people, and then we can do start to do all this great work that needs to be done, right? And um, so that's sort of where my head's at. I don't know if that makes much sense, but that's sort of where I think a lot of my sort of anxiety is at the moment. Yeah, I mean, if I just add on to what Laura was saying and what you just shared there, it's just, again, back to these tensions. It's it's a, it's a not a complete loss of, of any top-down governance because you know that's useful in certain times of crisis um whether that be handing out things or whether that be making sure the doctors all respond in a certain way or or hospitals or um, educational systems um and yet that system on its own will crack under this situation and that's part of the flickering and so there's another system that is there it's always been there and always has been there and it's just moving into our perceptual lives which is what we call the logic of life it's just a system of how things naturally work when we don't try and command and control them and that self-organizing capacity that ability to reach beyond our boundaries which i believe is innate within human beings as well as the desire to um, self-serve will start um, coming up and I think for me, it's then how can I help create those spaces so that it can come up easier um, in local community, but also within um, the leadership of, of organisations that I'm connected with. Um, it, it will be messy. And thank you, Dan, for sharing um, earlier, you know, this messy, vulnerable hum- humanity piece of it. It's, it's that, that's the real life of this. And again, how can we be OK with that? You know, <laughs> uh, how can we love the winter and how can we? love the messiness yet 
be there for what is unfolding. And to, to Laura's point, how can we embody this way of designing, this way of um, em embracing cultures and this quality of being, which naturally takes its insight from how life works rather than being singularly at odds with life. Because that, that programming has now fallen apart mm. and something new is now coming through. Love that. And I think I think one of the key things right now in the next few weeks is is compassion, compassion towards ourselves, our family, but also just um, a surrendering to the fact that all those issues you outlined, then um, you're not going to be able to to solve them single handedly. And it's OK to worry about them. And we all have all kinds of worries. But I think one of our our greatest um, kind of focus areas right now is to provide some stillness and some calmness within in the midst of this storm that we are all trying to navigate and and have that sense of kindness and acceptance as to what we're actually capable of and that it's first and foremost a matter of, of um of standing strong with, within ourselves and not being scattered and trying to fix everything at once in in phone conferences and 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 just allowing this collective surrendering to to happen. We, I'm not saying we shouldn't be, take responsibility. We shouldn't form local communities to help out the those that need our help. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that now has never been a better time for us to be compassionate compassionate towards ourselves and, and those we are around in a way where we provide some calmness in the storm. Yeah, no, thank um that's lovely. And I think that's I think that's it. The framing, you know, I think that's maybe how to yeah, how to just if we could just sort of create the sort of conditions, the kind of scaffolding, the basic scaffolding that would allow compassion to flourish, if you like. Mm, <laughs> Do exactly. you know what I mean? That's that's sort of, yeah, I think that's absolutely right. Because um, so it's, yeah, that's and maybe that's maybe that's all possible. And, and just a, a very concrete example of that happening on the micro level is the first few days. It was an it was actually an utter nightmare here in our little household because I was feeling ill and our daughter had to suddenly kind of get her ha head around not going to school and what is going on and we don't have a TV here and we don't turn on the news she, so she's not exposed to that I think that is incredibly important not exposing young ones to that um, but still she sensed that something is is wrong and my husband who was working full time suddenly having to kind of establish a home office and we live in a tiny apartment so that's not possible he's working from the kitchen table with a baby and a six-year-old and me around him um and it was quite chaotic and 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 we were fighting quite a lot and and then this kind of slowly but surely okay right now the most important part, part is our is our well-being the most important part right now is that that mom and daddy is well functioning and are and are as happy as we can be and that requires um letting a lot of stuff go and just accepting that um 
we are not delivering on on all the kind of deadlines we need to deliver on right now but right now the most important thing is that we are thriving as a as a union um and that our little family is thriving because from, from once that is in place we can we can start to see what what is what is alive now when we have the extra energy and and that would if if, if i could send something for to families right now that would be it that right now your fo core focus is to thrive within the four uh, walls of your little household love that thank you for that Laura. that's brilliant giles any offerings for uh for folks out there um are there any sort of i think that's you know this this challenge of being kind of you know locked down and are there some regenerative practices that that will be useful i love that from laura about like just focusing on the on the family anything else we could offer up people ideas i think yeah i think the simple way of just noticing oneself noticing uh, and being compassionate with that oscillation noticing when we're getting uh, into fear anxiety we're pushing things and we're doing that just noticing it and i think even in the act of noticing it there could it creates a space um and yes there are simple practices that we can do um, to help us connect with our heart, to help us create that scaffolding that you talked about, those, the, the, the nutritious soil that helps create more of a compassionate situation. Um, and we talk about some of those practices in the book um, and, um, and elsewhere. So I think just noticing would be my small takeaway, noticing ourselves and being, being um, don't beat ourselves up when things happen and we get stressed. Um, with the family, but having that sense of compassion with ourselves and with others um, so that we can start leading with love because that's essentially what regenerative leadership is all about. Yeah, let's, let's turn up the love. Mm. Um, we, in our book, we, we have an epilogue where we reveal a little secret and, um, and I think I'm going to reveal that now. Yeah, reveal but, it. But I would encourage all listeners to, of course, read the book. Of and, course, and I'll link to it. Both Giles and I are getting a lot of feedback these days that that this is actually this book is actually providing them a lot of consolation, a lot of inspiration, a lot of excitement. Um, so I would encourage all to kind of you can you we have an online version um, or an ebook version is what I'm trying to say. Anyways, in the epilogue. We reveal the secret to um, to great leadership, the great the secret to building regenerative societies, and that really the logic of life is love, and and how can we disseminate and and ooze love everywhere, and how can we bring back focus to what's the love we have for ourselves our children, our parents, our partners, and then go from there. Amazing. I think that feels like a moment to come to a close. Um, guys, thank you both so much for um, for this conversation in these times. Really appreciate you um, carving it out in amongst our sort of makeshift kind of work life <laughs> <laughs> isolation cocoons um i will um i will link to obviously all of your work and the book and the site and is there anything else that you want to share 
um, for folks in terms of things that people might want to connect with. Well, I can find it I all think on the site. We have said all the most important things, Good but stuff. you just said a key word that is um, when the caterpillar goes into the cocoon, there's a lot of breakdown and breakthroughs happening and imaginal cells and imaginal groupings forming and that is what is playing out in our societies right now we are in a collective cocooning period and imagine what could come out of the other side so enjoy the ride although it will be bumpy as well amazing giles uh much love to you dan and to you laura um i'm glad you're feeling better, Laura, and it's lovely to hear both of your voices and to be with you both in this extraordinary time. Thank you for creating this space. Um, you'll be in my thoughts. Amazing. Go well, folks. We'll be in touch. Lots of love. I'll give you a nudge when it's, when it's ready to go. And uh, yeah, look after yourselves and those around you. Thank you, you. so much, Jen. Be, be well, both of you. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. So I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Laura and Giles. Um, do check out their work in the links if you're interested to explore a bit more of um, some of their thinking. There's uh, episode 13 uh, was a conversation with um, Laura Storm. Um, I don't really want to say much more, but I wanted to read something. Um, I was sent something uh, yesterday um, in WhatsApp by my good friend James Turner and... Uh, it's um, it's um, something that was posted, I think, on the web by Adrian Marie Brown. I'm just going to read it. Um, I'm going to caveat it because I know not everyone has time right now. But for those who do. With this open time, you do not have to write the next best-selling novel. You do not have to get in the best shape of your life. You do not have to start that podcast. What you can do instead is observe this pause as an opportunity. The same systems we see crumbling in society are being called to crumble in each of us individually. The systems that taught us we are machines that live to produce and we are disposable if we are not doing so. The systems that taught us monetary gain takes priority over humanity. The systems that create our insecurities then capitalise off of them. What if we became curious with this free time and had no agenda other than to experience being? What if you created art for the sake of creating? What if you allowed yourself to rest and cry and laugh and play and get curious about whatever arises in you? What if our true purpose is in this space? As if Mother Earth is saying, we can no longer carry on this way. The time is now. I'm reminding you who you are. Will you remember? Okay, that's it for this episode, folks. Look after yourselves out there. Look after those around you. Um, there's a lot of vulnerable people out there who need... Um, support and attention and um, a lot of amazing people that are on the front line of this as well that need our love and support do whatever you can do to support them and the best thing you can do is to get out of the way if you're able to isolate please do please don't gather in social 
groups, respect the uh, information and advice. This is the only way we're going to get on top of this and understand what's going on. Um, and just let's just bring as much love into this situation as we can. That feels like a good way forward. Going to play out with the track from John Hopkins. This one's called Scene Suspended. Until next time, big love, play safe, um, stay at home. Peace and out. Thank you.